Tech Talk. Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. This is News Talk. Hello and welcome to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, have you received one of those annoying scam texts in recent days? Well, you're not alone. Keir O'Brien of the Irish Times will join me to explain how and why they're sent and what you should do if you receive one. I'll chat to the team behind Nickelodeon's smartwatch for kids and I'll give you my full rundown on the Google Pixel 7a. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Twitter at jesskellynt. Uh, as I mentioned there, the scam texts are doing the rounds and it seems like they are going through the roof. Uh, pretty much everybody I know has received one at this stage. And aside from letting me know that they've received them, everyone I know is eager to find out what they should do about it. Uh, Kira O'Brien of the Irish Times is with me now. Uh, Kira, before we talk through the different kinds of scams that are doing the round and what people should do, how do these things work from an operational point of view? Because back in the day, a scam used to be an email that would come in from someone a million miles away saying that they're going to give you a thousand euro if you just send over your uh, bank details. Now they're coming in from Irish numbers using Irish companies and uh, they're being successful on a pretty frequent basis from the anecdotal evidence that I'm hearing. So how exactly does it work from the scammer's point of view? Well, they're just spoofing the the numbers and the names because, you know, we've all got those phone calls where it looks like it's an Irish number. And if you go to ring it back, it turns out it's from overseas somewhere or, you know, it's done through like a virtual number provider. So it looks like an Irish number. It's, you know, it, it kind of passes the, the, the smell test when, you, when you're looking at the, the number itself. But the problem is, is it's not. It's all fake. And the idea is, is it's not even about the number anymore. All they're trying to do is to get you to trust a message enough that they will that you will click on a link. And the link is where the problem is. So obviously that link then goes to a fake website. That fake website grabs your details, whether it's your card or your bank account information, or even just your personal information, because we make it, we obviously talk an awful lot about the financial impact of, of crimes like this. But arguably, that's probably the easiest thing to sort out because you can change your bank, you can change your bank account if you want, you know, or you can put a block on your bank account. You can change your credit card by cancelling it. You, know, you can cancel the credit card number and the number will no longer work. But if somebody has your date of birth, you know, your place of birth, your mother's maiden name, all the stuff that we use for verification for all these accounts, they can basically steal your entire identity. And this is the more concerning thing. But an awful lot of people have been caught out by these text message scams because we're more inclined to trust text messages that come into us now. And, you know, people have been burnt by this in the past couple of years since Brexit. Obviously, there's been so many scams doing the rounds. People are a bit more clued into it. But when something comes into your phone and it says it's from on post and it looks like it comes from a number that's Irish and or it comes in, in in a message thread. If you have a bank account and it comes in, say, come from Bank of Ireland, as they, they can do sometimes or AIB or permanent TSB. And it looks like it's coming from there because it has that code across the top. You know, it has on post or it has BOI and it falls into an existing legitimate thread of text messages well, then, you know, you're more likely to trust it. You're more likely to click on it and you're more likely to get scammed. 
Yeah, and you know, what's really interesting is I've received a number of those ones that come into my thread and it's only because I talk about it all day, every day that I know that they're scam texts. But when people get caught out, they do feel embarrassed or they say, look, I'm an idiot, I got stung. I was on News Talk Breakfast a week or two ago talking to Kira Kelly because Kira got an eFlow scam text and she had just passed the toll bridge a few days prior. Her tag wasn't working. And so she was like, oh yeah, I never paid that. I must do that now. And she went through it and they ended up cleaning her bank account out. Now, she did feel like a fool because she does know that these things are a scam, but they are completely playing on individuals' emotional and mental want and need to do the right thing. But they're so sophisticated that I keep on telling people you shouldn't feel embarrassed. Obviously, you can be annoyed or frustrated or whatever. But the reason they're still rife is because they work. Yes, I mean, you think about it. You can send out very, very cheaply um, through an internet service. You could send out thousands of messages. And if only a couple of them actually bite it's worth it for the scammer. So yeah, you're right. No, people shouldn't feel embarrassed by being caught by it because we are more inclined to trust text messages. I mean, look, I've had friends who got caught by WhatsApp messages, you know, where somebody has sent them a message to say, oh, I sent this security code by accident to your number. Now, you know, if you're thinking properly, you know, most of the time I go, well, why would you send it to my number? And you might question it a little bit. But if you're distracted or you're busy, you know, you might not look at you might not look at the message too closely and you might just send it on only to find that you're now locked out of your own WhatsApp account because the security code is actually your security code to set up WhatsApp on another phone. So there are very clever ways of getting around. And it's like there's a lot of this there's social engineering in this as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we are more likely to trust a message that claims to be from a friend or from a trusted entity. So getting those messages into that thread that you already have with your existing bank, you know, that's the kind of the, the, the golden spot for for scammers, because, OK, yeah, I get a message from Bank of Ireland to say that I need to reenter my I, a payment has failed. I need to reenter my account information. I don't have a Bank of Ireland account. I know immediately that's a scam. Yeah. But as you said, you know, with the light, with what happened with Kira Kelly, she had gone through the toll bridge. Most people have gone through the toll bridge when they get one of these messages at some point or they think that maybe, you know, my payment information isn't up to date or, you know, maybe something's gone wrong. The card's gone out of date and I have to fix it. So it, it's it's plausible. And, and that's the kind of thing that these scams trade on. Likewise, what happened with in the wake of Brexit, when all of a sudden people started getting messages supposedly from a delivery company, and, you know, particularly around Christmas, when you are buying things and when all this around Brexit, you know, was very, very up in the air and it was very new. People didn't really know what was going on. They were getting messages left, right and centre from delivery companies to say they needed to pay extra money because there was customs duty or there was VAT due on deliveries. There was genuine messages, Mm. but also there were scam ones. And you have to be kind of on the ball to spot the scam messages. Some of them are easy. You know, some of them you, you look at the URL and you'll know this is not real. But the problem is, is that, you know, obviously the scammers are twigging this and they're making the URLs look a bit more realistic. Now, the, 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 there was a some research out from, from Bank of Ireland basically saying that there's 10 of these fake eFlow websites being set up every day. So as soon as it's, it's whack-a-mole, it's as soon as one goes down, another one, it pops up. And that is, you know, it's very hard to police. It's very hard 
to keep control of. And for consumers, it's very hard to keep on top of this kind of thing. But the one thing that people should remember is that eFlow and, and companies like eFlow will never send out a link for payment. Mm-hmm. If you get a link for payment that, you know, you're not 100% expecting, you can always go to the website independently of that text message. Don't click the link. Go to the website independently and check it out there. Because... The key thing is they're trying to get you to follow that link. That link is the important thing. That link is where they're going to capture all your information, capture your financial information, you know, possibly clear out your bank account, as has happened to people in the past. Um, it's happened to, I think we carried a story earlier this year about a young student who found her account got cleared out because she got caught by the on-post scam where messages claiming to be from on post that you had to pay extra money to have your your post delivered landed at the right time she had sent some cards back home the card hadn't arrived she assumed that this was the problem so she filled in her payment information only to find her savings in that account were then cleared out and there was very little that could be done to actually get them back Mm -hmm. so there's there was some some research done earlier in the year by the banking and um, payments federation ireland this fraud smart initiative and this last year, and this uh, sorry, in twenty twenty one, sorry, not last year. This is where I'm, I'm, my 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 years are getting confused here. It, it found in twenty twenty one there was nearly forty five million stolen by fraudsters and scams in the second half of twenty twenty one, and that was more than a third up on the same period a year earlier. Mm-hmm. So, in twenty twenty two, debit and credit card fraud hit fourteen and a half million. That was eighteen and a half percent up on on the same period for for twelve months earlier. So a lot of this is driven by the the kind of the online card fraud, card not present. And that's where compromised card information is used to make an online purchase. Now, an awful lot of that can be cut out now because we have this, you know, the secured card authentication where you it's very annoying where you have to approve payments. Mm-hmm. And if you're using Revolut or, you know, you've been using, let's say, AIB or any of those, you know, you'll get a notification in the app to say you have to approve this payment before it can go ahead. And that cuts out an awful lot of it. But, you know, people are still being scammed out of millions. So the same report found that there was an over seven and a half million euro scammed out of consumers through these authorized push payments. So that's where, you know, you're you're duped into it. So um, it can be like an investment scam or somebody, you know, kind of cons you out of money by saying that they're, they're, they're striking up a relationship and then saying that, you know, you need they need money. Uh, and I got a, a message the other day from supposedly from from one of my two children um, to say that, you know, they had broken their phone and this was their new number. And could they could I send them a message on WhatsApp, which was remarkable because not only are my children um, six and eight and have no mobile phones or a phone number that they could do this from. They were both standing in front of me at the time. So obviously that one's a scam. But if it happens, like say if I if, if I had a child who was off traveling, you know, mm-hmm. and that would be conceivably something that could happen. So people do depend on or they they kind of prey on our kind of our, our basic instincts to help friends and family. Um, and I know that there was quite there was I think I was on News Talk itself. You know, there, there was a woman on talking about how she got scammed out of quite a significant sum of money through mm-hmm. one of these scams. So the advice would be if you do get a message looking for a payment or claiming to be from somebody when you don't the number doesn't match, um, investigate it further. Don't just take it at face value. Go to the web if it's if it's a claim and and a, a 
a request for payment, go to the website and go in that way. If you have an account with the company, go and check out your account, ring the company, you know, not through the number that they've provided, but through the number that you know is genuine. If it's a, a message that comes from somebody claiming to be a friend or family who's lost their phone and could they could you WhatsApp them on this particular number, ring their original number to find out first if that is actually them. Mm-hmm. You know, if the number obviously is, is out of service, well, then you'll know that it's a genuine message. But, you know, don't just communicate through text messages with your your family members, you you know, ring them, make sure it is them, because this is how people are losing money. And again, this is nothing to be embarrassed about or ashamed of. There are plenty of smart people getting caught by very smart fraudsters. And, you know, as I said, they are tapping into our basic instincts that we want to help. Or, you know, there's usually like a, an urgency to a request. You know, you have to pay this now or else your account's going to be closed down. You have to pay this now or the fine's going to increase. There's always a, a, a push to try and get you to do it as quickly as possible without questioning it too much. Yeah. And I think you've summed it up really well there in terms of the advice. Just take a minute. Don't react right away because things do go wrong. But in terms of tackling this, Kira, I spoke to Minister Oshin Smith a few months ago and he told me they're looking to work with the operators to try and tackle this because that seems to be where we can try and smoke a little bit of this out. If an operator notices a massive surge in traffic on the network from one particular number, chances are it's a scam. Like, is that the best way to do it? Or is there anything more that we or other bodies can be doing? It's going to be a concerted effort because the problem with this is it's like whack-a-mole. And as soon as, you know, we say one number will be used for a few thousand messages, then it's shut down and then another number is set up. So you are kind of playing catch up an awful lot of the time. Now, there are ways around this, you know, that there are different ways of verifying text messages, but it will take a concerted effort from the operators. Uh, and I think, look, you know, the only thing that we can do in the meantime, while they they figure all this out, is just to be aware, to educate ourselves. And don't assume that just because you're a certain age and you're tech savvy that you're not going to be, you know, not going to fall prey to this this scam. Because actually, the uh, a permanent TSB research piece um, from, from, I think, from last year that basically said that under 45s are more likely to fall victim to financial fraud than older people. Maybe older people are a bit more, you know, they're a bit more uh, wary. I mean, I had a, a, an incident not so long ago with my parents where I think it was MasterCard was down and I rang my dad to tell him because I said, look, you know, if you're going shopping, take another card with you because it might not be back up and running before you are you're doing your shopping and you don't want to be left with no way to pay. And he said to me, he was talking on the phone. He said, no, he said, sure, I use Visa anyway. At which point I could hear my mother in the background saying to him, who's that on the phone? Hang up, hang up. Don't tell them anything because I have them so well drilled at this point, you know, not to trust anything. And if anybody asks for any financial information, you know, just to to cut off the the conversation, she heard Visa and thought that it was somebody asking him, you know, for his financial information. So, you know, as I said, well-trained, also deeply suspicious. And that's not a bad way to be these days. No, but it does place a huge onus on the consumer to be savvy and to be sceptical and all that jazz, which is obviously not ideal. And, you know, I'm not just talking about older demographics here now specifically, but for people who aren't tech savvy or maybe the people who just don't trust technology at all, this is only going to put them off further. And they're never going to embrace different types of innovation that you and I and people like us are always banging on about. So do we still need further education? Do we just need to wait for the bad guys to disappear? Like, what's the solution on that front? You know, I find actually the newer tech is actually more up to date uh, or better on some of the security things. So for a long time, like I was using Revolut, I would get a notification anytime my card was used. I didn't get that 
on other banking, like more traditional banking. So it's not just a, a case of embracing new technology. And I think we're, we're being pushed into it anyway, whether we want to or not. Um, and I don't think it's a case that we can wait until the scammers go away because they're never going away. That's it. As long as there's money, there's there's a scammer to trying to take advantage of people. So I think, yes, in one case, you know, the, 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 the banks have to do a big education piece on it. Uh, and they've put in, I suppose, they've put in some some um, barriers to these fraudulent transactions, you know, and that now you have to approve everything. People will, there will always be people trying to get around that. There's always, as soon as you build a better system, you know, that they, they're trying to take it down already. Um, I think, yes, the, the mobile phone companies certainly have a role to play here and they can't just kind of stick their hands up and say, well, look, this is too difficult. Something has to be done. There is a way that, there, you know, we have an awful lot of smart people with an awful lot of very good technology. There is a way to to solve this problem or at least to make it more difficult. Um, mm. And, you know, I think like, for example, when my phone rings, my, I, if, I have a, if I have a, a phone, an Android phone, the phone rings, it will tell me where that call is coming from. It will look like it's coming from you know, from an Irish number, but, you know, maybe there's an extra number in it and, and it will tell me the location of that call or it will mark it as a suspected spam call. I'm not picking that call up, you know. So if this technology exists on my Android phone, well, then, you know, obviously it is there and there are ways to kind of alert people. Uh, for example, I am one of the people who's, you know, I, I was a KBC customer. All my, um, my bank accounts are now being moved over to a new provider. And when I was trying to transfer some money through Revolut, uh, it basically kept saying to me, do you really want to transfer this money? Are you sure? And have has anybody uh, basically pushed you to transfer? It, it made me, you know, kind of stop and think about this several times, even though I was transferring it to myself. But because there were all these steps involved, you know, there was there was barriers to it. And yes, it's very annoying when you're it's a legitimate transaction. All you want to do is get your money transferred and be done with it. But, you know, if it makes people stop and think for a second, you know, that that this it could be something that's not genuine. Maybe I'll leave it a minute and I'll, I'll, I'll investigate it further. You know, that's a good thing. But yeah, everybody has to work together on this one. It can't just be up to you, me, um, you know, my parents, your parents to know that this could possibly be a scam. You know, mm -hmm. we do need a bit of protection as well. And we need protection from ourselves. You know, I mean, like I'm not blind when it comes to technology, but, you know, I've nearly, I'm supposed to be, you know, very good at this kind of thing. And there's been a couple of times where I've had to take a second look at something because it looks so realistic. It also makes me incredibly suspicious of even the genuine messages, which is, you know, it's, it's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Something has to be done, but unfortunately waiting for the scammers to toddle off into the sunset with their next target is probably not realistic because they're obviously making money through these scams. So they need to be kind of, you need to kind of chop it off at the head rather than, you know, kind of waiting for them to just to die out. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Unfortunately, I think we, if we held our breath, we would die in the meantime. <laughs> what a cheery note to leave things on. Keir O'Brien of the Irish Times, as always, thanks so much for joining us here on News Talk. Thank you very much. 